previously on ImpTab Avatar. Drama. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. <laughs> Holy cow. Yep. <laughs> we started out at the library, you know, where things were already a little bit dramatic. Jetsun speaking with Gyatso and Loeb Sang about trying to get Amar's memory back. Amar regaining some aspects of his memory, such as the fact that he has this letter that he wrote to Lord Sozin. What the heck? But he had fixed Fifi and he took Zaya out for a ride among the dunes. That was pretty nice. And then Wan Tong was like, hey, let's finish fixing up this planetarium. And what did they see? A comet in the sky coming in the near future? Not ominous at all. <laughs> and Wan Tong proceeded to speak to Amar about good and evil, about opposition. Had one of his big Wan Tong powerful teaching moments. But eventually our heroes needed to head out to the Foggy Swamp, where presumably Roken Maruto is hanging out. On the way there, Zaya convinced Jetsun to share a little bit of his history. And it's uh, not entirely great. Uh, to summarize, Jetsun was the reason why a number of young airbenders had learned to be militant and combative, and subsequently the reason why a number of Fire Nation citizens in a recently established Fire Nation colony had deceased, one of them being Amar's mother, a memory that he regained just due to the power of this revelation, this story that Jetsun had told to him. What's going to happen? I have no idea. I'm excited <laughs> to find out here in the world of Avatar Legends. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to ImpTab Avatar, the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, haunted by memories. McKenna Steele, haunted by my COVID cough. And Christian Randall haunting no <laughs> that's true the one doing the haunting what a surprise i mean the light does really show off your pasty skin right now yeah i don't go outside much <laughs> this is the skin of a killer <laughs> dude so we as we're recording this today we had our first patron hangout stream we went through a choose your own adventure book called space vampire <laughs> it was amazing so good oh i wish i could have been there so bad yeah we're gonna definitely gonna do some more choose your own adventure books in future streams because that was was a crazy good time. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about crazy good times at this point. We're about to get into a crazy, just crazy time. <laughs> but before we pick up with the knowledge seekers themselves, we're going to have a little cut scene. Mm. Back at the library in Washitong's Rotunda, he is having one last cup of tea with Gyatso before Gyatso and Lobsang head back to the Southern Air Temple. Wan Tong places the teacup in front of Gyatso and sighs heavily and says, You know well, my old friend, how many times I have felt that perhaps it would be better if I were to close this place down. Even now, I am still worried about people using knowledge for evil, but people like Amar do give me hope. And he sits down and begins sipping from his tea, and Gyatso says, Yes, he to me also has a great spark of light within him. There is obviously much that is dark within his past, but hopefully this new spark that has been instilled in him can illuminate that which he has gone through. And Wan Tong gives a little smile and says, Yes, I spoke to him earlier today of good and evil, of being seen as a villain. And Gyatso chuckles and says, Yes, I have been feeling a bit of that myself lately. I would not be surprised if Jetsun has viewed me as a villain in times past. 
I would not be surprised if there are those who would view Jetsum as a villain based on some of the things he has done. And Wan Shitong kind of hangs his head down a little and says, and perhaps there will be those who will consider me a villain as well. And there's kind of a silence that falls over the room for a moment as both of them are just kind of thinking about what to say in this final moment before Gyatso has to leave. And Gyatso says, Well, it is a good thing that we have knowledge to share, for those who suffer the most in this world are those with many false perceptions of the world around them. It is only by seeing the truth that we can overcome ignorance and overcome hatred, by looking deeper and seeing who someone really is. Unfortunately, most of our perceptions are erroneous, and he kind of chuckles a little bit, and Wan Tong remains silent for a moment, and Gyatso's chuckling kind of tapers off awkwardly, and Wan Tong says, Yes, I would agree that ignorance is a poison, that it can do much bad, but what of the bad that can be done by those who gain knowledge improperly if the wrong knowledge falls into the wrong hands? And turns his eyes toward Gyatso and says, I would appreciate it, my old friend, if you did not imply that the spirit of knowledge himself has wrong perceptions about the world around him. <laughs> and Gyatso kind of fumbles his teacup a little bit and it kind of splashes onto his robe. And Wanshitan continues and says, Perhaps you fallible humans with your short lives might have erroneous perceptions of the world, but I think I know what is best for my library, old friend. And Gyatso does not speak for quite a while, but when he does, he says, I apologize for having done harm to you, my friend. You are very knowledgeable. You know many things. I hope only that your knowledge can lead to right action. He stands up, places the teacup down and gives a little bow and says, I hope to see you again in the future, my old friend. And Wan Shitong says, and you likewise, Gyatso, travel safely. And Gyatso walks out of the rotunda, and we follow the camera as Gyatso walks out of the library into the desert, gets onto his glider along with Lobsang, and they begin flying across the dunes. We follow them through the air, and the camera continues to shoot across the desert far, far away to a single giant rhinoceros beetle that is still trundling its way slowly through the desert. And we zoom in on our knowledge seekers with the recent revelation that Jetsun's attack led to the demise of Amar's mother. Um, I'm gonna bow out of this for a minute, Jetsun. Let me take, <laughs> let me take uh, the reins for a second. Why don't you? This seems like something you need to deal with, okay? I very, very hesitantly hand the reins over, and then I stand up and I turn around to go sit on the back of the rhinoceros beetle with Amar. And I sit down, uh, cross-legged, but I, 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 can't, I can't look him in the eyes. Amar is facing away, hanging off of the edge of the beetle as much as he can, just sort of thousand-yard stare off into the desert. <gasps> Amar, I am sorry. A million times over, and for a million reasons for what I've done, for that I have brought these memories back to you. For that they were lost to you, ever. Such a thing should not be forgotten and it was taken from you. Such a thing should not have to be known, for it should not have been done. Are you kidding? Let me tell you, this is one instance where I would happily go on forgetting. I wish the memory had not come back. I will never forget that day myself. 
Although I sometimes feel removed from the memory, we were so high in the air. They, they almost looked like insects. From the perspective, I, I flew low eventually and saw what had happened more closely. I still have nightmares about that day. Oh, I hope you didn't see the worst of it. You must have been a child. I was very young. Those that flew with me were young as well. Most of them barely into their first decade. The monks were right to exile me for what I did. You know, I was born into that colony. My father and mother had started their family a few years before and then I came along. And over the years he was starting to build up his business, his technology. And then the attack happened and we lost everything. But it wasn't the business that we mourned. I was, I believe, six or seven. After that, there was nothing left to stay there for. My father and I went to the mainland Fire Nation. And that's all that's come back for now. It is, it is frustrating to have small pieces of memory with no context. But I guess, I guess in a way it shaped my life. It would have been very different if I had stayed in that colony. Amar, we obviously played things a little bit fast and loose with the mechanics of this revelation, but I think a memory of this magnitude does not require any roles. But what I would like to ask you is, what does Amar remember about his mother? Amar's father was the one with the ambitions and was very business-minded. And Amar's mother was the complement to that. She was the dreamer who stuck by his side, who saw the change he wanted to make in the world and would help to focus him on that reality, to make it a reality. And Amar remembers nothing but kindness and softness from his mother and remembers her teaching him to dream as well. In the silence that follows for a moment, Jetsun takes a breath. Do you, do you remember her name? Her name was Meng. I am glad that you have remembered her name and remembered the goodness that comes with it. I can only apologize for the pain I have attached to that. I will not ask for your forgiveness. I know who I am and I know what I have done. I will only say this. My life is forfeit. It is yours to do with as you please. As long as I draw breath, I will do everything I can to protect you and help you. Imar's hands are holding onto the lip of the carapace of the beetle. And you see him go a little white-knuckled there and see a slight smoldering of smoke start to come up from underneath his hands. You don't have to be so dramatic. It's a long time ago. And I'm not going to kill you or anything like that. I get it. I think I'm starting to understand what it means to be a different person at one point in your life than another. But I don't know how much I want to have you around. I'm not asking you to leave. You can watch me or whatever you want to do. I'm just saying, maybe for a bit, if you could do it from a distance, I would appreciate it. Jitsun doesn't say anything in response. He just lifts his head and looks at Amar's back. Then he hoists himself up to stand back up and go to the front of the beetle and he places his hand on Zaya's shoulder 
Ed nods his head for her to go back and sit with Amar, and he takes the reins and quietly sits down to drive the beetle forward and slumps down, shoulders bent, head low, glasses slightly fogging from the tears in his eyes. Nothing uh, mechanical per se has prompted this, but how is Jetsoon feeling right now? Probably pretty dang guilty. Go ahead and mark guilty on your sheet. Also, I mean, I'd be okay marking a few conditions. <laughs> Here's what I will say. Let's have you just mark guilty. And do you feel more in your heart that Amar could use your support or your leadership right now? Oh, that's tough. I mean, he doesn't really want me around. So I'll say, I'll say support. All right. Shift your balance one toward support. <gasps> it is done. Zaya. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um, before I'm going to head over to Amar, I'll, I'll get up and let you take the reins, Jitsun. But as you sit down, you get all situated. Obviously, I'll notice kind of how dejected and just withdrawing into yourself you are becoming. I'm going to give you a little tiny kiss on the top of your little bald head. And... Lean down to those big old ears and just say, I'm very proud of you. And then reach up and squeeze your hand. I know that was hard. And then I'll make my way over to Amar. Do you want me to leave you alone? Or do you mind if I sit? You can sit. Feeling pretty crappy? Little bit. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Feeling pretty angry. I'd actually like to mark angry, Ned. Go for it. Um, I feel bad a little bit since I kind of egged him on to tell us that story. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, it's okay. Y you didn't know. I mean, no. none of us knew. And I know the last thing you probably want to hear right now is, Oh, I swear he's changed. He's so good now. Because, I mean, some days he's really annoying, you know. Just super obnoxious and how he's like, oh, do your chores and oh, just the worst some days. <laughs> Amar is, he's got a slight smile creeping across his face in spite of himself. You know when you want to stay in a bad mood, but you're having a hard time? Uh -huh. That's what's going on. Good, good. This is uh, McKenna's bread and butter. <laughs> um, she kind of sits for a second. And yes, she normally is the person to cheer. And she tries, but you can tell that this situation of losing someone is hitting close to home for her. Um, she's not going to talk about it, but you can read it on her face. <laughs> it's not her moment to, but she's going to kind of put her arm around you, pull you into a little side hug, and if you're okay with it, have you just put your head on her lap and she's going to play with your hair. When I was little... To calm me down when I was having a really rough day, my mom would sit and play with my hair and braid my hair all day long. And that healed me more than any water banding ever could. And I wish that I could heal a heart that hurts with it. And if I could, I would have done it a long time ago. But I promise just a little bit of time and it'll be okay. And if it's not, I know I could take Jetsuit any day for you, okay? Amar's going to lay down and accept that from her. And the memories aren't all there, 
but he can remember that it feels like the last time anybody did this sort of a thing for him was when his mother was around. And he's just going to accept that and melt into it, and you feel his body shaking with silent sobs. I'll just continue playing with your hair and just let you get it out. But as you were doing that, I'm going to have my hand behind me for support. And from that, I'm just going to send, with my bending, a little bit of water and send it over to Jetsun's hand the best that I can to make it feel like I'm holding your hand too. It's okay. I have to support him right now, but I'm also supporting you because I know he's probably not in a great place either, but this is the one I need to take care of right now. That's a powerful image. Talk about sweaty palms. hey <laughs> Um, how many days is it going to take us to get there? Uh, because I don't want you guys to be in awkward silence for the entire remainder (laughs) of a multi-day voyage to the Foggy Swamp, I'm going to say that as you've been traveling for a couple hours in silence, you eventually do see fog, mist, that you begin to move the beetle into. It's unusual. It's not a gradual gradient from clear air to fog. There is a billowing wall, almost, that you see in front of you. And off in the distance, you can see up above the top of the fog in various places, little mountain tops, And you see far off what appears to be the head of a great tree peeking through the surface as well. But yes, you see just in front of you this kind of bank of fog signifying that you have arrived at the outskirts of the foggy swamp. We are here. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. I'm going to slide off the beetle. Um, I mean, I don't want to take this thing in there. I feel like it'll get eaten or something if we take it in there. (laughs) Um, I'm going to kind of like turn it around and give it a little pat on the booty and send it on its way. We'll find our own way back. You send the beetle beginning to walk off into the desert, and just as it's getting to start, you hear from behind you, coming out of the fog, somewhat far away, but still a piercing shriek. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Never mind, beetle, come back, beetle, come back. (laughs) No, thank you. Did the beetle start running faster after it heard that noise? (laughs) The beetle started running very fast after that scream. Oh boy, I'm going to immediately turn around and pull out my staff and step in front of the other two in a defensive posture. You you guys, I have a question. That sound could have been like the biggest frog I have ever heard, but this place is called the Foggy Swamp, right? I'm not going to lie. I thought for the past like several days, I thought you have been saying Froggy Swamp the whole time. (laughs) Is there big frogs or is it the fog? (laughs) I don't know how afraid I should be right now. Caleb? (laughs) (laughs) I can't with you. Um... Uh, well, I don't know. Look, it looks pretty foggy to me. <laughs> okay, fog, not frog. So, I mean, whatever that noise was is probably worse than a giant frog. Oh. Just gauging how scared I should be. That's all. My eyes wide and really big at, at realizing what was happening in that conversation. <laughs> um, I take it back. This place isn't cool. Um, will you do me a favor? I'm going to pull out a length of rope. I'm going to tie it around my waist. I'm going to hand it to Zaya. Will you attach this to yourself? Oh. And then Amar? Uh, oh, yeah. All right. I imagine there's like a good 10 feet in between each of us of rope. We don't have to use all of it, but there's enough for us to like get over things and stuff is what I'm saying. So I kind of just turn and say, all right, 
follow me, I guess. Oh, dear. And I will take my glider, and I'm going to kind of, like, use it as a walking stick going forward and lightly airbend in front of me to try and clear out a little bit of space just so I can see, like, at least five feet in front of me. That makes more sense. I was about to say, who let this really slow old man (laughs) take the lead? (laughs) But now it makes more sense. Uh, Jitsun, you take a couple stabilizing breaths, and, you know, your your palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms heavy. (laughs) No vomit on your poncho already. (laughs) But still, you begin to bend your way forward, creating this little bubble around you, and you're able to see just a little bit of the way in front of you. The fog is kind of supernaturally thick here. It reminds you a little bit of the mist in the Misty Palms Oasis, that naturally speaking, there shouldn't be a giant iceberg in the middle of the desert. There are spirit energies happening there, and you get a pretty similar vibe coming from the swamp here. Let's have you roll to rely on your skills and training. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That is a nine. Partial success. All right. You're walking along and you're starting to feel like, okay, I've got the hang of this. I know how these mists kind of move a little bit. And you're getting a bit more confidence as you're stepping forward. And you're kind of walking along this log that you're leading your friends forward on. And you kind of peer back to them to say something comforting. Now, on a 7 to 9, you do it imperfectly. I tell you how your approach might lead to unexpected consequences. You kind of turn back to give an encouraging word to your friends, and you misstep a little bit. And you didn't realize this log that you were walking along was kind of going out over uh, a bit of nothing. You misstep and you slip (gasps) and you begin falling off of the log. Oh, no. What? Um, I am going to try to airbend cut the rope so I don't drag my friends down. What? What? No. Okay, roll to push your luck. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. What are you doing? I am doing what I would do. Christian James. What Christian is doing is he also subconsciously is realizing this episode is coming out in September. It's already spooky season, baby. (laughs) Spooky season, baby. All right. I am a minus three to this roll. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Yes, I do, because I'm rolling with passion and I'm guilty. Oh, Oh, boy. So that is a two. Christian James. Okay, so... Is that good? Maybe he can't cut the rope and we still got him. Ha-ha! This is, a, this is a pretty big miss. Jetsoon, you go to slice through the rope, but you kind of misjudge it, and you start pulling your friends down along with you. Zaya, you get your foot kind of wedged in one of the tree branches, and Amar, your balance tips off. You start falling down the other side, and Amar and Jetsoon, you're kind of like swinging back and forth next to each other, <laughs> almost like colliding with each other in the middle. Like Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> exactly like Emperor's New Groove. You're just gonna have to trust me. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are dangling from this branch, Zaya, you're kind of trapped up on the top there, and you can feel the weight around your waist oh. as the rope is kind of tightening on both sides of you. Oh. Can we see how high up we are? Roll to assess a situation. Okay. Eleven. Okay, you can ask two of the questions. Question one. 
what here can I use to get us to no longer be hanging from this log? Uh, <laughs> easiest solution would be, now that you're not quite as under pressure, you could attempt to do an air cutter and cut through. That would be like, you know, you can hear Zaya kind of straining from above as the rope is tightening around her. That would be the quickest way to get out of the situation would be to cut the rope now that you're not as under pressure. Oh yeah, that's right. No, it's like tied around me. You guys are like... Like cutting you in half. Yeah. And then I guess that would be more like, what's the best way out of here? Um, okay, I I don't feel the need to ask a second question. My, my other question is more just for you as our keeper. Mm -hmm. Could I possibly use an airbending technique that would cut my rope and shove Amar up into the air with that air movement? Hmm. This is a pretty complicated one. Yeah. Can have you push your luck again? Oh boy, minus three. Oh no. Watch me cut both of our ropes and we're just going to all be separated <laughs> in our own little... We're all going to be stuck in separate places of the swamp now. Okay, let's uh, see how good this goes. Talk about splitting the party. Hey, yo. <laughs> That's a minus three is a four. Okay, that is a full failure. You, sure enough, reach out with your air cutter you cut through your own rope, and as you're trying to get Amar back up onto the log, you miscalculate, you're falling, you are in the middle of this fog, you're disoriented, and your second blast cuts Amar's rope as well. Oh no. And sure enough, you go falling <laughs> off in separate directions. No. Zaya, you hear two splashes down beneath you, and uh, then silence. Splashes? Splashes. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna jump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zaya, you jump down. Uh, you know that there's water beneath you. Let's have you rely on your skills and training. Okay, because yeah, I want to have it like catch me in a cool way. Uh, eight. All right, that's a partial success. So you leap down and you do succeed, but it costs you a little bit. You do it imperfectly. I'm going to say... Like, you do have the water reach up and grab you and kind of lower you down, but the swamp itself is a little shallower than you expected it to be, and you kind of land wrong on your ankle. Mm. You don't break it or anything, but you do twist it a little bit, and mm. it is uh, not a very pleasant feeling. Ooh. It's the worst. Okay, I don't hear anything. I'm going to look around and see if I see them. All right, you start looking around, and uh, we're going to bring out a new custom move, <gasps> Zaya. When you experience a vision in the foggy swamp, <gasps> okay, 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 okay. roll with modifiers. <laughs> I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. First, are you accompanied by a member of the foggy swamp tribe? If yes, take plus one. No. Question Not two. Not yet. <laughs> are you going to try and make the argument that you are a member of the foggy swamp tribe? Yes. <laughs> as much as I love your gumption, I'm going to have to uh, put the kibosh on this particular one. Fair. I would too. Question two. Have you accepted guidance and comfort from another player since the last time you marked growth? If yes, take plus one. I don't think I have. Last time we marked growth was right before we interrogated the Dai Li, and I don't mm -hmm. think I needed it. So no. Indeed. Oh no. Next. Have you experienced a vision in the foggy swamp before? If no, take minus one. Oh no. Oh man. <sighs> I get to take a minus one. I'm so excited to have a vision. Well, one more question. Okay. Are you at your center? If no, take minus one. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> minus two. So you're going to be rolling with a minus two. Okay. To experience this vision in the foggy swamp. I'm so excited. 
A five. A five is a miss. Oh, I don't have one? On a miss, you do have a vision, yes. but it unearths a painful memory of the past. Oh, boy. I will describe what you see, <laughs> no! and you subsequently will mark one condition that best reflects how your character feels in response to this vision. No! Oh. No! I take it back! Zaya. I don't want one! <laughs> Zaya, you are looking around, trying to find your friends, listening for any sort of voice, and eventually you do hear a voice, kind no. of off in the distance. No, 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 and the no. voice says... Zaya! No! Zaya, I found one! No! I'm frozen. Where, where, where are you? Right over here. It's by the water's edge, Zaya. I found the hamster. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow it. You follow the voice, and you're kind of scrambling, your ankle still hurting as you're trying to run through this muck, kind of sucking your shoes down underneath, but you pull yourself up over a log, and you can see, standing on top of a log a little bit further away, kind of crouched down, you see your younger brother, Mar, and he looks back at you excitedly and points off into the distance and says, Zaya, be very quiet. The white hamster's wide over here. And he kind of crouches down, kind of shakes his booty like a cat almost, and leaps off of the log and you hear splashing footsteps on the other side. No, 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 no. And I'm, I, no, I'm going to run. I'm, I'm going to run. No, um, I, no, um, I know it's happening. I'm running to where he jumped. You run and you struggle your way up onto the log and you peer over the other side and you can see there's a pit on the other side. The water is receding down beneath you and you can see your brother caught almost in this whirlpool getting sucked down further and further away from you. His hands reaching up towards you, clawing to get up above the water. Mar, 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 hold on, hold on. Just one second, one second, sweetie. And I'm gonna try and, I, I don't understand what's happening. I'm gonna try and do something. I'm gonna try and bend him out. Rule two, rely on your skills and training. A five. A five. You reach out with your bending, unpracticed as it is, and despite all of the experiences you've had with your friends over the past couple weeks, despite the confidence that you've been regaining in your bending abilities, you find yourself that same little girl you were all those years ago when your bending just wasn't quite enough. And you trip and fall down into this whirlpool yourself. You feel yourself getting sucked down into the darkness. And we're going to cut over to Jetsoon. Oh no. Whew. Oh no. Jetsun, you pull yourself up out of the water, you're gasping, you kind of clear some air around you to see if you can figure out where you are, you don't hear any of your friends nearby. Let's have you roll to experience a vision in the Foggy Swamp as well. Question one, are you accompanied by a member of the Foggy Swamp tribe? No. Have you accepted guidance and comfort from another player since the last time you marked growth? Ah, I should have guided and comforted you guys. <laughs> would have been nice. That would have been really nice. <laughs> um, alas, I have not. Have you experienced a vision in the foggy swamp before? No. Are you at your center? I am not. Okay, you also are going to roll with minus two. Oh, this is a time when I need to use my fully charged dice. Yes. They've been sitting on their sixes. Let's hope that they can roll double sixes. Charge your dice, kids. <gasps> Shut up. Double sixes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow, that is 10. That is a full success. Amar, Zaya, where are you? On a hit, your vision provides clarity and insight. 
State a conflict or difficulty to which you wish to find answers, direction, or resolution. On a 7 to 9, choose one of the following questions. On a 10 plus, choose two questions or ask any one question that is not listed below. I will describe what you see as an answer to your question. It may be cryptic, requiring you to deduce its meaning yourself, or may refer to something you have not yet encountered but will encounter in the future. Ooh. Here are the questions you can choose from. Where should I go? What object should I seek? Who has answers? Who is best suited to assist me? Or who will attempt to hinder me? So, what is the conflict or difficulty that you want answers to right now? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> I will just say the interpersonal conflict currently <laughs> between Amar and myself. Okay. That is what is most in the forefront of my mind. All right. So you can ask any two of the questions that I listed or any one question that I did not list. Oh, man. This is tough. I will ask, where should I go and who is best suited to assist me? All right. Thinking of this turmoil that you're experiencing with Amar your heart just all kinds of torn up. You're racked with all of these emotions and you're looking around trying to find your friend and you look out into the distance and you see kind of moving through the mist a figure that has some pretty big sideburns, kind of spiky down around the chin, some hair pretty similar to Amar's. The silhouette is very similar to Amar. I'll stumble forward. Amar, Amar, are you all right? You go rushing forward, and as you break through the fog and you can see this figure, it certainly bears a resemblance to Amar, but much older, uh, a little bit hunched with age, the hair going gray, very kind of long eyebrows, kind of peaked up at the edges, a kind of hooked nose. Uh, it's interesting. It's, it definitely looks like Amar, but does not look all that dissimilar from Wan Tong in some ways, this kind of owlish figure. <laughs> and he turns towards you with a little grin and says, You seek my grandson, then. I kind of like skitter to a stop, like heels dragging in the mud. And I look around. Uh, I'm uh, afraid I don't know who you are. Uh, my name is Fukuro Okami. You have not met me, but you have met uh, a very dear one of mine. Amar, yes. As you're kind of stammering at this revelation, he says, come sit with me. And you blink and you're not in the foggy swamp surrounded by mist. You are in a little Fire Nation colony. And it is one that you recognize. You haven't seen it this close up before, but you recognize it. And he sits down at a little table in kind of a village square and offers you a seat across from him. I kind of blink back the immediate tears that form in my eyes and I, I shuffle forward, just head on a swivel looking around me as I sit down across from this man. He folds his arms and puts his elbows on the table, very improper of him, and leans forward across to you with a kind of casual confidence, that owlish smile turning up the corners of his mouth. Many of the mental formations we live with in our lives, the ways we perceive the world around us, come not only from our experience, but from the experience of our ancestors, the families we come from. Emma, unfortunately, has less than wholesome familial influences that have led him to where he is currently. You seem like an upstanding member of society. Completely wholesome. I uh, thank you for the snap judgment you have made after knowing me for not but one minute. <laughs> it's the age. I feel a kinship to you. However, 
I speak not of myself, but of my poor wounded son. And as you begin this conversation with Amar's grandfather, we're going to cut over to Amar real quick, actually. Amar, you likewise are separated off by yourself in the swamp. You're looking around, just full of all of this confusion. You've got this anger, but also now kind of this, just you're freaking out what's going on. Let's have you roll to experience a vision in the foggy swamp. We'll go through these questions with you. Are you accompanied by a member of the Foggy Swamp tribe? No. Have you accepted guidance and comfort from another player since the last time you marked growth? Nope. <laughs> Have you experienced a vision in the Foggy Swamp before? Nope. And are you at your center? Nope. Okay, <laughs> roll with minus two. Come on, double sixes again. Charge your dice, kids. Double sixes. No, I didn't yes! Wow. <laughs> no joke. What a great day. Amar. You get to ask two of those questions or any one question that is not listed. I'm over here having, like, PTSD. <laughs> Look, he and I had a rough start to this. You need a little roughness, too, to, to join us. Whatever. Amar, what is the conflict or difficulty that you want answers, direction, or resolution to? Oh, boy. Where to start? <laughs> Where to start? There's so much going on. This has answered some questions, but it's also raised even more. <sighs> How do I bring myself to peace with Jetsun? All right. Now, which of these questions would you like to ask? I'm going to ask, where should I go and who will attempt to hinder me? Ooh. All right. As you're looking around trying to find your friends, you're listening for voices, and surely enough, you hear a couple voices coming from off in the distance. They are very different in tone. One of them is inconsolable. You hear loud weeping interspersed with angry outbursts, an argument going on, and another voice on the other side trying to speak calming words. You follow this weeping noise, this very masculine weeping. You walk around a trunk of a large tree and you see in front of you your childhood home. There is a low candlelight coming from inside, the argument coming from inside this house as well. It kind of comes up to a pitch, and you can hear your father painfully shouting at your grandfather, weeping, confused, full of anger and despair. And the curtains of the front door come parting violently. Your father goes storming off into the distance, tears streaming down his face, his eyes red and puffy as your grandfather comes stepping out behind him, his hand outstretched, but he pauses and gives out a deep sigh before turning to you. And he says, Emal, your father has experienced great hurt, as have you. He believes that he is doing the world a service, but he is doing the Fire Nation only a service. He believes that he acts in honor of your mother, but he acts only in honor of the Fire Lord. Do not let his ambitions cloud your better judgment. Papa, you saw what happened. What if he is right? You hear another voice from across the square, a very young voice, and you turn and you see yourself, only six years old, rushing up to your father, reaching out for consolation, reaching out for a hug, and your father holds out both of his hands firmly towards you and wards off your attempt to embrace his legs, and you hear him speaking with a forced, calm tone. You cannot make out the words that he is saying from this distance, you can't remember the words that he spoke. You were too young to understand what he was saying. But after a while, you see this younger version of yourself 
go walking back into the house alone. And your father continues to walk off into the night, trying to seek some understanding, some answers. Your grandfather says, come with me, and begins walking further into the square. And as you walk along with him, he says, Fire Lord Sozin is a charismatic man. It is easy to believe his words, to believe that he has good intentions. Your father has been clouded by them. I do not fault you for following. He was the only one who you had at that point, your only source of stability. But you do not have to rely on a faulty upbringing. You can chart your own course. You can redeem not only yourself, but your ancestors as well. And you see where he has led you. He has led you to a table in the middle of the square. There is a figure seated at one chair of the table facing away from you. He walks up, taps the figure on the shoulder, and Jetsun, you feel this tap on your shoulder, turn around to see who it is, and you see Amar standing there on the other side. And both of you look around for Amar's grandfather, but he is nowhere to be seen. I quickly stand up and shuffle forward to put a hand on Amar's shoulder. Are you all right? Did you see some weird stuff? I kind of look around, and I look back to where I was just sitting. Is there a stool there still? You turn and you see a tree stump sticking up out of the muck. I I did see some strange things in the fog here. There was a man with very large sideburns. I know that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm not sure what happened. With the hook nose? Yes, yes, he... You saw him too? Jetsuna... <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but I think we both met my papa somehow. That was my grandfather, and and I think that he was one of the only voices of reason in my life. He did have a very calming presence about him. It was, it was very unusual. We'd better go find Zaya. I don't know where she is. Have you seen her? No. Literally spiraling. <laughs> and the two of you, as you're trying to figure out what to do, how to find Zaya... You hear a twig snap not too far off from you, followed by a voice that it sounds like it kind of curses and then very sharply cuts itself off. Zaya? You start moving through the fog towards this voice and you kind of peer around a tree the area where the snapping twig came from and you don't see anything, but then you hear a splash from behind you, a big old splash as if someone has just jumped into the swamp and you turn to face it and the mists part and you see a girl, not Zaya, but a 14 year old or so little girl dressed in a dress made completely of swamp weeds, bare feet in the ground, her hair sort of a dirty blonde all done up in dreadlocks, these greenish brown eyes, and she looks at both of you with anger, puts one hand on her hip, points the other finger towards you, and says, What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> yes! <laughs> and that is where we're going to pick up next time. End the campaign. End the podcast. That's all I wanted. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. What an emotional time. That was a roller coaster. I got a brand new headache on top of my other headache. <laughs> yeah, things get real in the foggy swamp, but holy cow, the fact that even one of you managed to get even a partial success at all on that roll, the odds, like rolling a minus two, is only like a 25% chance of even getting a partial success. 
us in a Powered by the Apocalypse game. That is wild. We got so lo- I mean, both of us. Yeah. Charge your dice, kids. It works. Charge your dice. I've been charging my dice. I didn't charge my dice. That's on you then. My downward <laughs> spiral is on me. <laughs> this has been your PSA. Thank you for coming to our after school special, everybody. And thanks for listening to ImpTab Avatar. We'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of Avatar Legends. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as none of our players are right now <laughs> if you go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So you'd like to connect with us. You know, maybe you want to talk with Caleb about all of these wild things that are coming up about his backstory. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. Uh, before we get to our plugs, it's time to shout out our next three Sticker Club patrons. First up is Elina Georgieva, who incidentally actually gave us the idea of this little swamp bender girl that you have just met. (gasps) Don't know much about her too much yet, but Ellie has been very generous in trusting me to portray her own Avatar Legends character as an NPC in this campaign. I love this character very, very much. I'm very excited for all of you to get to know her a little bit better. (laughs) Thank you, Ellie, for letting me play around with this creation of yours. I'm so excited. Next up, we've got Thomas Ryan, who there is a non-zero chance that he and I are actually clones <laughs> from the first day that Thomas and I met like over a decade ago. And even up until like just a couple months ago, people have been getting us confused and asking if we are brothers. Uh, are we brothers? No. But are we genetic experiments? Maybe. You know, there's a, there's a non-zero chance at least. And rounding it out, we've got Stuttering GM. So whenever your GM introduces a fun new home rule into your game, you know, the kind of rule that everybody just loves and wants to make it a permanent part of the game, it's because they found that home rule earlier this week on one of Stuttering GM's Reddit posts. True story. Yeah, they did. (laughs) That rounds it out for our Sticker Club patrons this week. Thank you for your patronage, and we'll have more for you next week. Now, let's get around to a round of plugs. Caleb. Would you like to handle that this week? Absolutely. Guys, we are so grateful to have you here. We've got a sister podcast called iCast Fireball, a D&D 5e adventure, which is a ton of fun. Check that out if you haven't. We also have a giant backlog of fate campaigns where we play with the fate accelerated system, where you get to see a lot of improv happen. In fact, all improv. Those are a ton of fun. Check those out if you haven't. Thank you again to all our patrons. Continue to support the show so that we can bring those back and do even more fate campaigns for you guys. Also, just join the Patreon so that you can get the next episode of the obligatory talkback because there's going to be lots of stuff talked about <laughs> in that's, that one. That's going to be a longer episode. I'm not going to lie to you, Ned. You're going to have to... It's, it's going to be a longer one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know that the $2 a month is going to be worth it just to help unpack some of that baggage that we put on you. So oof-da, make sure oof-da. you join us for that. <laughs> also, guys, my wife has made soap again. In fact, again? just the other night, she made some Avatar-inspired soaps. What? Ooh. Yeah, she made fire soap full on with the scent of campfires. Like she got a campfire scent 
it literally smells just like a campfire. It's incredible. And she made a water soap and used a scent called rain. <gasps> smells just like rain and water. And the others, air and earth, are coming soon. Head on over to bookloversoaps.com to find those soaps. You can find avatar soaps. You can find book-themed soaps. It's incredible stuff. I can't use anything else. I've been absolutely spoiled. I even use it as a beard wash, and it's incredible. And she makes D20 soaps. She does that, too. And they're amazing, and they all smell really good, and they feel good on your skin, and it's just really nice. If you have been using regular old soap your whole life, whether that's like bottled soap or like Irish Spring or whatever, the difference is incredible. I've got super dry skin most of the time, and my skin doesn't dry out when I use this soap. Go check it out. Help support the Anderton family. Help feed our children. Thank you. You'll love it. Beautiful. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us here in the world of ImpTab Avatar 10,000 Things. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton playing Amar Ukami. McKenna Steele, unfortunately, playing Zaya. <laughs> and Christian Randall playing Jetsoon of the Library. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar. My wife's been experimenting with a lot of Asian food and stuff lately. Yes. The other night, yes. we had kimchi and chili garlic Korean barbecue that Ooh. she made. It was amazing. It was extremely hot. I was sweating like crazy, <laughs> but it's good. Um, I think we need to make like a separate like Patreon content of just us all talking about food because of so. how much I know. Evan, I know, would be in on it too. I can't speak for everybody else, but I know like we're all very much foodies. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, baby. The sixth love language. Oh, <laughs> it really is.